0: Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton MacDonald, and I am your host. I'm going back in the archives for today's episode to a sermon that was shared by Pastor Shad MacDonald on June 26th of 2016. The scripture reading comes from Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20. The sermon is titled, There is a knock at your door. I would like to take a moment to say thank you to everyone that has shared or recommended the podcast to a new listener. Also, those that have taken the time to write a review or leave a rating. It is a great encouragement for us to read those and know that you're enjoying the preached word on this podcast platform. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast.com. At gmail.com, I know that you'll enjoy today's episode as Pastor MacDonald shares his heart and tells us that there is a knock at our door. Thank you for listening.
1: Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. These are the words of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me." Again, please, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If the Lord would stand by me, please, I want to preach a message entitled, There is a knock at your door. I want you to understand perfectly, please, the setting of this scripture. Now, when you look to the revelation, of course, when you begin to read in chapters 2, 3, you understand that Jesus is addressing the seven churches of Asia Minor. Now, may I suggest, please, that when you look to these seven churches, one way to, to gain the greatest advantage of what Jesus is saying is to look at them, look at them practically. Understand that at this time, that there were seven literal churches in Asia Minor. And Jesus wrote a particular letter to each of those churches. To each individual church, Christ was speaking in particular, and he was dealing with that local church. The way that we can draw from that is to learn that Christ has something to say to each and every church. At large, corporately, in that congregation, Christ addresses each individual church. Not only do we understand to best gain all we can from this letter to this church, which was Laodicea, the last church that he addressed, not to look only practically, but look at them prophetically. And in that... We understand that each of these seven churches represents a church dispensation. We see that Christ is speaking prophetically to all of those churches in their dispensation and the different characteristics of each and every church. However, there's something else we can do. And while we see that Jesus was speaking literally to each church, I want to bring it just a little bit closer and I want to talk not only about Jesus speaking to the churches practically and prophetically, but I want to say that Jesus speaks to us personally. Jesus speaks to us individually. Say, aren't you glad that He's a Savior that speaks to our hearts, and He He knocks on our hearts' door and He speaks to us as individuals? Now, tragically, the truth of this is, and many times, and I have, of course, and. Most any man of God that's been in an evangelist and he's tried to speak to the heart of the unsaved and reach the unchurch, we talk about Christ knocking on the sinner's heart's door. And that's okay. But however, if we're going to preach in context from the Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, you understand that Jesus is knocking on the door of the church. These are not people that do not know who He is. But this is a backslid church. This is a church that has become indifferent. This is a church that seems to have lost their interest. This is a church that is self-sufficient, so they think. And they say, I have need of nothing. And I think, friend, if there's one dispensation that best describes the mindset Of modern-day Christendom it's this church because it seems that the mindset of the church at large today in America especially is we've got everything we need but the tragedy is they left Jesus outside and I think that that best describes the church in America today because we've got talent we've got ability we've got all of these things to draw in the crowd but somehow another Jesus got left outside May I say that church is more than coming and having good fellowship. And I appreciate good fellowship. And I appreciate you that we love and we are close to. And it's good to see you. But friend, really, we can't make it just on each other. This is not a social club. This is not a a place where we gather just because we love each other and we do. But there is a focus There is something that's more important than friendship, than family, and it being a tradition, and that is Jesus. He's the one that is more important than everything else. So what I want you to remember, please, is this right here does not address the sinner's heart. This is directly to a church that has become so self-centered, a church that is so captivated with itself that Jesus somehow got left outside. In these few words, in this single verse, there's something that I see that is astonishing. There's something that I see that is assuring. And also I see there's one who is abiding. Think on that please. Recently, the New York Times had a story about a young 19-year-old man in Tokyo, Japan. And I don't have the gift of interpretation moving on me right now, so I can't pronounce his name. But nevertheless, this young Japanese boy, um, at 15, so the story begins, had been bullied at school, and because of his uh, emotional problems, because he had been badgered, because he had been abused verbally and physically. He one day at 15 walked into his bedroom and he shut the door. For the next four years, he lived in a tiny room the size of a king size bed. His mother would plead and beg him to come out of that room. He refused. She saw that he had food, she saw that the necessities of life were taken care of, but for four years, He stayed in that room with the door shut. After four years, someone enrolled him in a program called New Start. And little by little, they were able to help bring him out of that darkness that he was in. And he said, anything that was dark, anything that was black, he said, that's what I fed upon He said, I lived for four years with headphones on my ears. Would the church pray for me right now? He said, I lived for four years with headphones on my ears, and I listened to music that was dark, things that were black. He said, I was shut in that room. The Japanese have a word for that, and it just simply means withdrawal. And it has the same uh, meaning as an alcoholic, a chronic problem where they shut themselves in and they don't want anything to do with anybody. I bring that to your attention tonight, please, because I'm preaching to somebody in this place. You've closed the door on some things. Your, Your reasonings may be valid. Your feelings may be just. And you may have good valid reason to have shut yourself in. You may have been taken advantage of. You may have been verbally abused. You may have been assaulted physically. All of these things may be true. But may I say on the authority of the word of God. It's not the will of God for you to live in a closed black room. And oftentimes we personally and individually can shut the door. And by that expression I mean we can become obstinate in our thinking. Until that we've closed our minds about some things and some people. And when you close the door you shut all of the light out. Would the church pray for me? Yes. When you close the door you shut all of the light out. And you become an introvert. You become a recluse and you draw back up in that hole and you're afraid to open the door. As a matter of fact, psychiatrists address that occasionally in different articles that I read. And there's a phobia about that. The fear of open places, the fear of just being open, the fear of being in an open place. You feel safer in a closed place. You feel safer, withdrawn, away and apart. But may I say to you that go to this church, to you that love God, to you that live the best you know, and you're trying, but there's some things happen that's caused you to just run to a room and close the door. May I say there's a knock at your door. May I say there's a knock at the door and there's a Christ that wants to help you tonight. Recently, recently, a minister was preaching a meeting and he commented to his wife of how that there was an individual there that the Spirit of the Lord dealt with night after night after night. And finally, on the fourth night of that meeting, the Spirit of the Lord broke through and that person came and wept and cried and just poured their little heart out to the Lord. After the meeting, this was the story that was realized this they said she is a she's a cutter the scars were evident there the signs were clear to see she had been physically abused by those that she thought would be her protectors i need a praying church right now she had been verbally assaulted by those that she trusted and she had been so abused until she just seemed to feel safer in a little shell and not wanting to show any emotions. But finally the Spirit of God kept knocking. And oh, you should have seen the tears of joy that fell and the light that come on her countenance when she opened the door and let Jesus in. And there's somebody in this place. You've got so withdrawn until you don't trust anybody. You've went into such a corner until you feel like. I can't open my heart to anybody else. I've went through such abuse. I've went through so many hard things. I just want to say, there's a knock at your door tonight. And the Lord is speaking to your heart. And if you will but open the door, light and love will flow into that darkened room. Light and love will flood the emptiness of your heart. If you will but open the door. First, there is here in this single verse a picture that is astonishing. The thing that so astonishes me about this story, the thing that so arrests my thoughts, the thing that I find so astonishing about this single verse is that it's Jesus that is knocking. I am humbled at the presence of Christ that's at the door. Not a salesman, not a solicitor, No, not an inspector, not a neighbor. The Lord is knocking. That is what is so wonderful about Jesus. He is a personal Jesus. And He comes and knocks on every human heart. I remember when I prayed, 12th and 16th, Meridian, Mississippi, when conviction fell on my young heart. Daddy preached that day. Preached so wonderful. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember what you preached. <laughs> kind of like Brother Webb. He and I preached a count meeting together recently. And, and someone said, did Shad preach good? They asked Randy that. <laughs> And he said, yeah, he preached good. They said, what did he preach? He said, I don't remember. I don't remember what you preached. But I do remember as a young child, I heard a knock at my door and Jesus Personally and particularly came and knocked on my little heart. That's the kind of Savior I'm preaching about tonight. He comes and knocks on every human heart. He comes individually to each of us. And He wants us to know I'm a personal Savior. I'm a Jesus that's concerned about your need. I'm a Jesus that cares about what you're going through. I'm humbled at the presence of Christ at my door. But there's something else here and that is. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's something continual about that. There's something that is persistent about that. I'm glad that when it came to me, and perhaps the same for you, he didn't knock just once, but he kept on knocking. I am hopeful at the patience of Christ at my door. Oftentimes, I've ignored him. Oftentimes, I've acted as if he wasn't there, but he just kept on knocking. Many years ago, there was a great soul winner. He was known for going door to door and speaking to people about their soul. He went and knocked on a particular door one day, and he did not know that it was the residence of a famous preacher. But this soul winner that was known to go door to door, knocked on the door of the residence of a famous preacher. That famous preacher's wife opened the door. And as always, he introduced himself, and this lady did not know him. And then he broached the question that he always first asked. Ma'am, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? She was taken aback. Nobody had ever asked her that before, and she was a preacher's wife. And so taken aback was she that she closed the door in his face. Her husband had heard the knock, and he came and said, Who was that? She said, Some man that wanted to know if I knew Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. She said, Why would he ask me that? Upon which the husband said, Well, do you know him as your personal Savior? It put her heart to thinking until she had to do something about the knock at the door. I said that to say this. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I just know I'm preaching. There may be a, a little girl or a young boy in this place tonight right here in this church. Right here in this church family. Right here among us. That you've never opened your heart to Jesus Christ. Is it alright parents if I preach to these little ones? That you, little boy, little girl. It doesn't matter how small you are. If you sense the tug of the Spirit of God. If you feel a knock on your door. Do you know that Jesus will come into your heart? If you will but open your heart, Jesus will come in. A man was once uh, going door to door and he was speaking to people about their soul and a lady slammed the door in his face. He was not to be turned away. He sat on the stoop. And he began to sing, drops of grief could ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Dear Lord, I give myself to thee, tis all that I can do. And as he sat on the stoop and sang that song, he didn't know that standing just inside the door was the very (coughs) lady that had shut the door in his face and he just kept singing and she was listening inside the door until she could take it no longer and she opened the door and said for God's sake tell me about that man that shed blood for me I'm glad his name is Jesus Oh, I feel conviction here tonight. I sure would like to see the Lord just touch a human heart, deal with a young life. It did wonderful that the King of Glory would come down step over the banister of eternity take on himself the robe of humanity divest himself of divinity and become God incarnate as a little child very God of heaven to walk the dusty streets a man of Jerusalem teach and preach and work miracles in Galilee go to a cross and hang on a cruel tree and die for the sins of you and me that's what Jesus did that's why he came he came to be the savior of the lost the last he met him those that are unloved it matters not who you are it matters not what your name is he's a knocking on the door there is a picture that is arresting there is a promise that is assuring Jesus said I stand at the door and knock and if any man will open to me I will come in to him Here is a promise that is assuring. Jesus says, if you will open, I will come in. Oh, for the welcome of love that awaits. To be received with warmth. To be accepted with appreciation. To be allowed into one's life with welcome. And not only the welcome of love that awaits, but the worship of the Lord that adores when I think about that when Jesus was there in a certain house and there was a woman who came to Jesus with an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, of 30 pence worth and the scripture 300 pence worth. And the Bible said that she broke the box and poured the ointment upon him and she wiped his feet oh and Judah said why was this waste of the ointment made but the scripture said when she poured out that that perfume filled the house as she worshipped the Lord do you think it would be all right tonight on a Sunday night if we just opened the doors of our heart and said Lord would you come in we want to welcome you here we want you Lord to be in our house we want to welcome you in our lives and we'll give you the praise and the worship that you're worthy of in this single verse a picture that is astonishing a promise that is assuring and a presence that is abiding jesus said i will come into him and sup with him and he with me the idea of that sup means that he will come in and sit down and have communion with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stories told of a young pastor. Stories told of a young pastor that had a uh, elderly lady in his church. And he had heard much of her faith and much of her prayers. And so he went to her house one day and he knocked on the door. And he said to that wonderful dear Christian lady... He said, Sister, to this little Scot- Scottish lady, she said, He said, Sister, I heard that Jesus visits here. She said, Nay, laddie, he bides here. Let it be said, not that Jesus visits my heart, Jesus lives in my heart. You're, you're standing. Your heads about. I want to make an invitation right now. I want to speak to you about the permanence of His person and the peace that He provides. This sermon would not be complete if I did not share with you about the world's most famous painting. It was called the Sermon in Frame. The Sermon in Frame literally traveled the globe it was the most traveled painting in all the world it was painted by Holman Hunt the title of the painting was Jesus light of the world traveled from continent to continent seen by multiplied millions most all of you have seen it perhaps Jesus knocking on the door Jesus the light of the world. There's some things perhaps that you've not noticed. One is that the hinges are rusted. Another thing, vines are growing over the door. It hasn't been open in a long time. There's somebody in this place because of what you've went through And what you have faced, you haven't opened your heart in a long time. There's a knock at your door. There's something else about this sermon in frame that traveled the world. This painting, Jesus, light of the world. It's not only the rusted hinges and the vines that cover the door. But look again. There's no exterior door handle. And when Hallman Hunt had completed the painting, one critic said, Mr. Hunt, you forgot something very important. You didn't put a door handle upon which Hallman Hunt said, Oh, no, you missed the most important part of the painting. The message is you have to open your heart to Jesus from within. (laughs) He won't impose on you. He won't force himself on you. So whether to the Savior or to the city or to sin, the lock turns from within. You've got to put your hand on the handle. You've got to open the door. Your heads are bound. Now, now here, here's here's why I've attempted to bring us to this place. I began with telling you about a Japanese boy. Who shut the door and for four years he lived in a dark black room. while preparing my heart to pray, to preach, try to prepare my thoughts for this message, I thought of you. Somehow or another you feel safer, just closed in. You've become a bit withdrawn, isolated detached removed it's time to open the door